2: Welcome back to Gojo and Golic. We are 4 games into the NFL season. So the non-official quarter poll time. And we're going to hand out some superlatives in honor of that. So guys, let's start with the running back isn't dead award. Who are we giving this one to?
0: Yeah, uh, I the, the running backs aren't dead. The running backs still matter. The Dad, unofficial quarter poll because the NFL 17-game regular season yeah, kind yeah. of screwed up the math it on did. that a little bit. Yeah. I know you're a math guy, so I don't want that to go unnoticed, but hey, <laughs> that's showbiz, baby. Um, And as we kind of look at this point and start to survey the landscape, Dad, looking at the running back conversation, it's Christian McCaffrey's world, and we're all just living in it at this point. What he's done for the 49ers so far this season, you mentioned erasing records that Jerry Rice set in being over here in basically just a season and a half now has been nothing short of stellar. And uh, it's nice to see him healthy again, Dad. For so long in Carolina, towards the end of his career, health had creeped in after he signed that monster contract. He wasn't on the field as much. And so now seeing him not only on the field, but part of maybe the perfect offense for a player of his skill set has been a joy to watch.
1: And listen, that's something that's hurt the running backs, right? Uh, you had him, that was an injured guy. Yeah. Saquon Barkley, an injured guy. Jonathan Taylor coming back to practice this week. I know he has the issue with the Colts, but of the season on the pup list because of an injury he had. That's been the issue. But you, t- you And we talked about the young running backs. Could they help bring this back? So I'm looking at a couple of guys like Bijan Robinson, the first-round pick of Atlanta. But then does Devon A. Um, Chan, I'm sorry, Devon Achan. Does he help or hurt? Because Bajan is fourth in the league in rushing. Devon is, is sixth in the league in rushing. But H is a third-round draft pick. So I don't know if that helps the running back situation when you had two first-rounders in Bajan and Jameer Gibbs who really isn't getting the touches we thought, especially running the ball. They've been going to David Montgomery. So while I think Bajan, we're putting a lot on him, running the ball, catching the ball, of helping to bring that running back position back, does A-Chan hurt it by doing what he's doing, which has been incredible, but being a third-rounder to let teams still say, you know what? We don't have to invest all that capital in a first-rounder, though Bajan Robinson may, may prove, you know, highly successful there. And we can get a guy in the second, third, fourth round that's going to come in and get the job done like what's happening in Miami.
0: I think like anything else, it's never just one thing necessarily. Overall, like we've got a big enough sample size to know, yes, that has been exactly the problem. What Devon A. Chan represents is exactly the problem, or at least one of the problems for running backs in the NFL, which is you can get highly productive players who fit a role. Like it's also about what your team needs. There are some people that looked at the Falcons' offense and said, well, this isn't necessarily a high-order need. Algier played really well for them last year. They've gotten production out of lesser-talented backs. But, Dad, there's also no arguing what B. John Robinson has done so far for the Falcons is vastly different than what A. Chan's done for the Miami Dolphins, right? He's asked to shoulder a lot more of the load. He's made greater individual effort plays, what he's done as a receiver, all these things that add up versus a player in A. Chan that, with everyone in the Miami Dolphins offense, really sands Tyreek Hill we do look and say, well, you're getting a lot of help from what Mike McDaniel's done. You're getting a lot of help from all the misdirection in the system. HN's been a perfect piece for that. And so it's not necessarily the most perfect apples-to-apples comparison, but what HN represents no doubt has been one of the Achilles' heels of the the pay-the-running-backs arguments.
1: Yeah, yeah, it it really has. But but Bajon Robinson, I think, is a guy, to your point, and I agree, could really help but just knock on wood, stay healthy, because that's that's been the demise at that position. Again, in the NFL, it's not if you get hurt, it's when you get hurt. And unfortunately, you know, before these running backs are, they've gotten, you know, some high paid running backs before, but injuries has really just just killed that payday.
0: How fun was it watching Toy Story? B. John Robinson yeah. sauce Jaguars defenders up this weekend. Yeah. Did you watch much? I know. I, uh, I know. My I know. Mom was watching with Jackson, my yeah. nephew, your grandson. I checked out a little bit of it on the and ride home. There, there were a few technical glitches, which yeah. you would expect. But you know what watching Booger McFarlane teach us how to tackle Jesse by tackling the dinosaur from this movie was phenomenal.
2: Wait, but I want to know: Was Jackson engaged with the? Yes, he was. Okay. Yes,
1: yes. Now, Style. now listen. Jackson is most engaged with Miss Rachel, who is yeah, just a, yes, a phenomenal I mean, just
2: our queen. Just our God queen.
1: I mean, she is a young children and a parents queen. And her bank account is just absolutely stacking right now. But yes, this did hold his attention uh, along with, you know, the Paw Patrols of the world as well. But this was pretty cool. I like when the flames came out of the cleats when guys were running. Yeah, I, I love innovative stuff like that. Why not give it a shot, see how it goes and uh, and, and live with it.
0: I did appreciate slinky dog as the first down chain, the absurdity of the fact that in the year of our Lord, 2023, whilst we have chips and planet in the players that allow us to do this concept, even to begin with, we still got the chain gang out there clanging and banging on this one here. Shout out to miss Rachel, whose dead cap hit, I think is $150 million next year. So if you want to get out from under that contract, it's not going to happen. They gave her the Mahomes deal and we're not looking back on that investment. Um, Dad, speaking of running backs, let's get to the welcome back award here. Jonathan Taylor returning to practice this week, it sounds like, for the Indianapolis Colts. Man, it would be really fun to see him get back healthy with what Anthony Richardson's already been for this team because he's been, I think everything we kind of expected a little more polished of a passer that you could have, that most people had anticipated unless you really watched him at Florida. And I think a lot of people did in that draft cycle, but also as a runner and it's gotten him into a little bit of trouble with some of the injury stuff early, but man, you combine the two of those in that backfield and it seems like there could be a lot of fun for Shane Steichen. Well,
1: that's why I had said all along, I didn't understand not paying Jonathan Taylor because even, even a, a high amount, it would have been Christian McCaffrey money, is still pretty low compared to all the other positions. But regardless of that, he still would have been on the pup list. He's still injured, so he still would have missed those games. Shane Steichen, their coach, said that uh, Taylor is excited to get back. We haven't heard that out of Taylor's mouth just yet. Yeah. So let's, let's wait and hear what he says or if there's still some animosity, if he still doesn't want to be here and how that all goes but I'm with you from an on the field standpoint of how he could help that offense with Anthony Richardson, I think is incredible. Another player, this is possibly to welcome back. Mitch Trubisky might get welcome back, right? I mean, you had Kenny Pickett. Now Kenny Pickett hurt his knee in the last game, may not miss any time, uh, but they play this week, I believe against the Ravens, and then they have a bye. So you could maybe try and play Kenny Pickett, and then you have a couple of weeks to rest him. Or, but if he's not ready to go, Mitch Trubisky, who has been the backup there, sometimes you forget where future or or past uh, first rounders have gone in their career and where they're backing up now. And uh, so Mitch is here, and Mitch may get a chance to kind of any chance you can get at all, right, to kind of revitalize what your what your career has been.
0: I guess. Speaking of forgetting and it going wrong and the comeback, there that was a tough one for Zeke Elliott, man. Going back yeah. home, getting all the welcome and the fanfare of the Dallas Cowboys and an organization that clearly loves him. Like you saw the images on the field after of him and Dak Prescott and Zach Martin and all these guys that he played with for years that were so excited to see Zeke and so happy for him. But Zeke, six carries for 16 yards in a game where they got mollywop by Dallas. In Dallas, 38 to 3. That was a tough one. You kind of felt for him there. You saw on the sideline him kind of realizing that the revenge game wasn't necessarily going to play out the way that he wanted. Tough week for revenge games yep. in general. Adam Thielen and yep. the uh Carolina Panthers also end up giving up the goods to the Vikings there, too. So welcome back, not always so welcome. Um, Dad, let's get to uh one more here before we get to a, hear from one of our contestants. Uh, but I'm not dead yet. Dad, is there any team that started off slow in this NFL season so far that you think still could potentially have a shot in this? We've talked ad nauseum about the Cincinnati Bengals who sit at one and three and don't feel like there's a lot of hope involved there. The Denver Broncos, the Vegas Raiders also at one and three here, the commanders at two and two. Is there a team kind of on the back half of the NFL right now that you think could be primed to make a little bit more of a move than their initial record indicates?
1: I'm going to go team and then players Uh, team. I still have to say Cincinnati though. There has to start to be some worry. This offense is just non-existent three points against Tennessee, I mean, I, listen, I know Tennessee always has a tough defense, but that's still, of the back-end teams, the only team I can really think of that could make some kind of a run, and that's even kind of slipping away. But I'm going to go to a couple – a player and a play. The uh, So I love this I'm not dead yet award. Mike the Wildcat with a pass, okay? Every time you see the Wildcat position play – They'd always run, and I think it's just a waste. Everybody knows you're going to run the ball. Enter Derrick Henry, Tennessee, and the Wildcat pass for a touchdown. That's the best way for the Wildcat to stay around, is you've got to have the threat of a pass. Derrick Henry takes the snap. You think he's just going to bulldoze to the end zone, and he throws a pass over the top for a touchdown. So that play's not dead yet, if you include the pass. And then how about a player? How about Khalil Mack? Khalil Mack has had no sacks this year, gets six in the last game. He's only had five sacks in his last 19 games, but gets six last week. And, you know, he he had a five-sack game, now a six-sack game. It's incredible when this guy gets going what he can do. But he had been in a little bit of drought for a while, so he's not dead yet either. And
0: amazing that that came in the game where Joey Bosa was not active. He didn't have the other guy opposite him to draw attention today. It was the Khalil Mack show. And my God in heaven did he put it on there. Aiden O'Connell is going to be seeing that man in his nightmares for quite some time here. Uh, Jesse, it's time to get to know our audience a little bit here. And to hand out this award, it feels like we need to hear from one of the uh, best young quarterbacks in the league.
2: Yeah, so the best rebrand award here, it's actually going to go to C.J. Stroud. He had a message to fans after getting their first home win in a whopping 644 days.
0: Hmm. I want them to know, like, we find our tails off every day to make sure y'all walk around with Texan gear pride. Like, y'all, y'all walk around with that swag that we walk around with when we get a dub. Um, and for me, that's, I take that real personal, because uh, I don't like being bagged on by my teams. Like, when my Lakers lose, I'll be pissed. So, <laughs> so like, I'll I take that stuff real serious, man.
2: The, the media laughing with him was just perfect. They're like, oh, yes, so funny, CJ.
0: Well, and I mean, that's the laugh that you get when you're balling like he is a quarterback right now and also the laugh you get when you're winning because I guarantee in a different cycle, where all of a sudden they're not playing well, and he mentions being a Lakers fan in Rockets country, this probably isn't going over nearly as well because we always do that weird thing. Dad, I actually appreciate the fact that he is sticking by his actual team that he grew up rooting for and not just glomming on and doing the easy thing and giving the hometown fans what they want and saying the Rockets.
1: So, I mean... Listen, this of the rookie quarterbacks, he seems to be the most stable at this point, right? Number one, he's the guy that's played all the games. The other two have already missed games. And number two, he hasn't thrown an interception. The one thing you're going to get out of rookies is you're going to get mistakes, which he's made, uh, and you're going to get turnovers, which right now he has not thrown that interception. The running game still isn't great. They're averaging basically three yards a carry. But I'll say from the receiving side of it, Leading receiver Nico Collins at 22 receptions has averaged almost 20 yards a catch. Third in that is Tank Dell, the rookie, averaging almost 17 yards a catch. So these guys are, whether it's short catches, turn long, or longer passes, you know, they're, they're chunk yardage. Uh, they're getting some on offense. And D'Amico Ryan's a, a, such a well-respected player when he was on the field, a young head coach. With a young team there, you got to love the direction they're going with and the
0: stability of that rookie
1: quarterback right now.
0: The vibes, and I said this a couple weeks ago, around this team and the change there, it really has been not since Brussels sprouts have we seen a rebrand. Quite as profound as what the Houston uh, Texans have pulled off here. And this is in a city Dad, where you got the Astros that everybody still yep. hates getting ready to try and go through the MLB postseason. Like it hasn't been a city with, I think, a really likable team in quite some time. But that's exactly what the Texans are right now. Every time I see D'Amico Ryan's address the team post game and locker room footage they put out, I get fired up because. He's the ultimate example Dad. when people talk about getting younger coaches who can relate to players and what a former player can do for a locker room, he's built on that Dan Campbell model of I know what you've been through, I've lived your shared experience, and I can speak to that. And now he's doing it in an age where kind of like some of these young college coaches or even some of the younger NFL coaches in like the McVay Shanahan tree, you combine that with a guy who they saw not too long ago a really well-respected player who is a great leader on all these teams. It's kind of the perfect mesh of all these. And him succeeding, especially for defensive head coaches, we know what the conversation has been and how improbable the opportunities have been for minority head coaches. All of it, unfairly, by the way, has been pressure lumped on his shoulders. And so far, D'Amico Ryans has thrived amid that pressure.
1: A good test for them coming up. a string They go through a string of NFC South teams. They play Atlanta and New Orleans. Both two and two, as well as Houston two and two. I believe there's a buy in there, and then they play Carolina. That's we'll have a matchup of the the rookie quarterbacks, so one and two pick with Bryce Young and with CJ Stroud. Given knock on wood that they're both healthy and playing at that point, so interesting three game swing, all winnable games for Houston, but it's also Houston, so all losable games for Houston as well. I guess you could say.
0: Man, at this point though, I, I don't yeah. know, man. I did. I'm, I'm swinging on their side. C.J. Stroud has 1,212 yards for the season. He has now passed Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Andrew Luck for the second most yards through four games to begin an NFL career. The only player he trails now is Cam Newton's rookie season. We remember how phenomenal that (laughs) was. And, Dad, it is interesting when you look at the betting on DraftKings Sportsbook right now. When it comes to the offensive rookie of the year, CJ Stroud is the odds-on favorite right now. He's plus right. one seventy-five. Mm-hmm. Behind him, Puka Nakua, Bijan Robinson, and then Anthony Richardson at plus five fifty. If you go over to the MVP voting, Anthony Richardson is multiple spots ahead of him at this point here. Anthony Richardson at plus 7,500 at this point right now. C.J. Stroud all the way at plus 15,000 so, in the MVP odds here. So maybe an admission and some confidence a little bit more on what the Colts can do long-term this season, maybe factoring in that he might be involved in that. But production-wise seems a little silly.
1: Well, listen, it does. That's, that's just another reason why I don't understand betting, you know, and how you set these numbers. But nobody's asking me to do that, nor would I be able to do that. I, I, again... I'm good at simple math, not this kind of thing. Um, but I, I think it, it is C.J. Stroud and Bijan Robinson as far as offensive rookie of the year. Uh, they are both playing uh, stellar ball right now. And there's time for other other players to jump into it as well. Um, so we'll we'll see where that goes. But right now, I love and and overall, it's not just the play on the field. You're right; it's the culture change going on with D'Amico, Ryan's,
0: and that Houston Houston Texans team. Completely agree. They've become fun to watch, and uh, I, I'm excited for them. And now, the yeah. NFC, uh, the AFC South, excuse me, by the way, everybody nodded at two and two. I mean, you've got Mike Vrabel <laughs> and the Titans that just refused to die, NFL MacGyver making it happen. <laughs> Everyone in there just sitting dead even. So that's going to be a fun division, even if it's not the best football, it's at least competitive, and that counts for something. Dad, speaking of competitive, let's get to the Dan Campbell Bite and Kneecap Award for the week. Baker Mayfield, dad, you want simple math, three and one, Stu Gotts here, I've got my three wins and this one loss against the rest of the NFC South that we all picked the Saints and teams like the Falcons in instead, went out this weekend and balled out against those Saints, 25 of 32 for 246 and touchdowns to three different receivers to now take over first place in the NFC South. And, Dad, he's done it by yeeting himself into defenders, scrambling for tough yardage here. Baker Mayfield plays like a guy who knows exactly where his feet are, which is on the precipice of being a career backup around the NFL and taking this opportunity and biting through whatever knees he has to to get to the other side of it.
1: Uh, There is no one else for this award but him. He's a guy, when he runs to the sideline, doesn't always just run out of bounds. He'll dip his shoulder into somebody and then immediately look back at him, you know, and and get in their grill. I would imagine as an offensive player, you would love playing with a guy like this, right? He's an old lineman's friend. He he works out with those guys. Now, he may not be an old lineman's friend in the way he runs around at times when you think you're blocking someone, all of a sudden your guy's getting a sack because Baker's running all over the place. But I'm with you. This guy understands... You know, is his future, he wants his future to be a starter somewhere, but it may be a backup in other spots. But I'll be damned if he's not going to lay everything on the line, including his body, time and time again, to try and be the starter for a team, in this case, Tampa Bay.
0: All right, Dad, last one here before we get out. Best team at the quarter mark here. And again, quarter is in quotes. The best team in the NFL after four weeks well,
1: is... Well, I'm not going recency bias and taking Buffalo. I'm, I'm taking San Francisco. San Francisco, there's two undefeated teams left, Philly and San Francisco. San Francisco, and, and they're both the, the most complete teams as well, On both sides of the ball, offense and defense. But right now, they're just playing at, at another level. I think they have incredible weapons on offense and depth on defense. So while some may say Buffalo for what they did to Miami, as I said, no recency bias here. Overall for this quarter poll, to me, it's San Francisco.
0: I am going to bathe in recency bias right now. (laughs) The AFC is the better side of football. The AFC East has looked like the best division in football. And to be the best, you got to beat the best. And we said it was Miami last week. I'm going to rock with Buffalo this week because when all other things – are close to equal, and you could argue overall the 49ers roster certainly in a much better place. Let's see when Von Miller gets back. I'm always going to rock with the space alien quarterback who's also dialed in and played much cleaner football after that opening night in the NFL. Coming up next, let's get ready for postseason baseball and look ahead to October with our buddy Jared Carabas here on Gojo and Golik. All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S. White Plains, New York.
2: Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. It's time for October baseball, baby. The playoffs begin with the Rangers at Rays at 3 p.m. Blue Jays take on the Twins, 4.30. D-backs visit the Brewers at 7 Marlins at Phillies closes out tonight's action at 8 p.m. And we've got Jared Carabas standing by with the guys. We finally made it, baby. October, we did it.
3: Mm, We did it.
0: How good does it feel, Jared? We know this is conflicted for you. Obviously, there's been some bummers of Red Sox headlines as far as on the field play for these guys lately, not being in the postseason, high and bloom out. So do you at least get solace in postseason baseball starting now? You put all that in the rear view?
3: Yeah, I mean I, I'm a I'm a baseball fan. So I, I mean I'm I, I'm probably in the minority for sure. Like I feel like there are definitely uh 98% of Red Sox fans are so bitter about how the last 2 years have gone that I don't know if there's a ton of excitement for playoff baseball in Boston specifically, but <laughs> me personally, uh yeah, I am very excited for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. People in Boston are so bummed. There's not going to be a championship parade. I mean, they've only had what 15 or so in the last couple of decades. So somehow they'll be Tough. okay. Hard times. So as, as the post-season starts tonight, what is your top one or two headlines of post-season matchups and things you're looking for?
3: Um, so I think the number one storyline is probably going to be, can the Atlanta Braves finish the story? Because, all year long, they were wire-to-wire, wire, the best team. Uh, their offense was breaking records. You have Ronald Acuna Jr., who's going to win the National League MVP. Uh, but last year, they got sucker-punched, basically. I mean, like, they were... I don't want to say they were as good last year as they are this year, but they were expected to uh, represent the National League in the World Series again, and <clears throat> they kind of got ambushed in the first round. And that was all she wrote. So it's more about... uh finishing the story because of how great they were this year. But uh, in addition to that, it's, you know, like they, they have a world series title in 2021, but 2022, it was, it was an embarrassing performance for them in the postseason. So are, are we going to get uh, which end of the spectrum are we going to be on? Is it going to be the early exit or is it going to be a team that goes to the world series, uh, in the American league? Not really a ton of exciting storylines, to be honest. Uh, you know, I think the Minnesota Twins, <laughs> that that's somewhat of an interesting storyline. Can they win a game, not a series? Can they win a single game? They haven't won in the postseason in 20 years, and it's not like they haven't been there and had opportunities. Uh, the Miami Marlins... They they only win in the World Series. They, in in <laughs> full seasons, uh, they've been there and they've won the whole thing twice. That's it. That's the So we'll, we'll see what the Marlins do against the Phillies because they also are, are pretty battle-tested.
0: I, I want to go back to the NL for a second and talk about that Braves team. How big in your mind is the gap between this squad and then the next closest competitors that they're going to see in this
3: postseason? I don't think it's... All that sizable between them and the Dodgers like the Dodgers have Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman at the top of their order, whereas the Braves have a very lengthy lineup like the Braves. It's top to bottom. There's no easy outs. Uh, A guy like Marcelo Zuna, who was looking like one of the worst contracts in baseball. He had the domestic violence suspension. Every like, Braves fans were calling for that dude to get released, and then he hit forty home runs and drove in hundred runs this year. Uh, you know, all the the free agent frenzy with shortstops with Correa and Dansby Swanson and Francisco Lindor, all these guys, and then they they land Orlando Arcia, who is an afterthought, and he's better than all of them this year. So, like, I, I think the Braves by far have the best team, but then you look at the Dodgers. And you forget that they're the Dodgers like they are still the class of Major League Baseball and they could be even better. Like they they've had injuries with guys like Dustin May in the rotation. They've had injuries uh, with Walker Bueller, not even having him at all this year. And still they find themselves uh, with a, fr- a first round bye. it's the Braves one. It's the Dodgers, too. If that ends up being the National League Championship Series, that would be quite the showdown.
1: And in the American League, while Houston has the third best record behind Baltimore and Tampa Bay, I know they're tied with Texas, got that division on the last day. Is Houston your favorite in the American League? And, oh, by the way, are they still hated by baseball people for for the, the, the dugout antics? I would say
3: yes, <laughs> but I think it's stupid. Like, I got over that. <laughs> Years ago, like years ago. I i don't know. I, I, I'm a, i I'm a Patriots fan, too, so I just don't care much about <laughs> I'm kind of just like, you know, it is what it is. Part of the sport. Uh I appreciate cheating if that means that you want to win. So with with Houston, yes, I still think that they're very much hated. But. Favorite. I don't have them as the fate. I think that they have a lot of flaws. I think that every team in the American League has a lot of flaws. Even the number one seed Baltimore Orioles, they have flaws. Uh, they lost Felix Batista, who a- at the back end of their bullpen was one of the best relievers in baseball. Uh, and then you also have their starting rotation is really nothing special. So you could pick apart any one of these American League teams, and they're going to have flaws uh, if if DraftKings is taking bets on uh, which league the World Series winner is going to come out of, I would imagine that the National League is going to be a very, very, very heavy favorite. Um, but I think what Houston has going for them is that they have the experience. This, if they make it to the American League Championship Series, that'll be the seventh straight year that they've been there. So, I, but they don't come without flaws this year either. They they've had a. Uh, uh, Quite the questionable season in terms of their starting pitching. Um, Yeah, there's there's no one that I feel like is a heavy hitter coming out of the AL. But if there's going to be a Cinderella story, it's going to be Baltimore. Uh, That's a great baseball town. I'm glad that they're going to be hosting some postseason games this October because it's going to get pretty rowdy there.
0: All right, Jared. We got about a minute left here. Let's put it on wax here. Your predictions,
3: World Series matchup, and ultimately who wins this thing? Yeah, I think uh, I know it's boring, but I, I'm gonna go with the two ones. Like, I think I think Atlanta gets there. I think Baltimore. Um, I think they can overcome Houston if that ends up being the matchup. Uh, but I don't think that the Orioles have what it takes to overcome the Atlanta Braves. I think it's another World Series title going back to Atlanta.
1: So, Jared, again, as Mike said, not a ton of time, but this certainly deserves way more time. But if you could, Tim Wakefield, I mean, just a just a sad, sad passing, and just what he meant to Boston and to baseball.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think Jason Veritek said it perfectly. Like there, there's no higher standard. He exemplified what it means to play for the Boston Red Sox. He cared far more about the name on the front of the jersey than the one on the back. He was a pillar in this community. He lived here, uh, never wanted to leave the Red Sox. Proved that by saying, I'm not going to get traded to the Minnesota Twins. I'm staying here with the Red Sox, married a woman who grew up around here. So it is uh, it's a very sad story. Red Sox Nation is feeling it right now. Yeah,
0: certainly, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers to his family. Red Sox Nation, the family over at Nessen. you know, folks like you who knew him so well. Uh, You know, an impossibly sad occasion for what seems like an unbelievably great man and player. So appreciate your help on that, Jared. Appreciate you getting us ready for postseason baseball. Hope you can enjoy it, brother. We're all looking forward to it. Everybody, make sure you check out Baseball is Dead for everything you need heading into this MLB postseason. We'll talk to you soon, brother. All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. So
1: it starts today, Mike. we got four games, Texas at Tampa, Toronto at Minnesota, Arizona at Milwaukee, Miami at Philadelphia. And the one thing I love about really all playoffs, especially series playoffs, but really all playoffs, is we know who the stars are in all the leagues for all the teams. Who is it that person that people don't know that's going to step up, right? And, and we obviously don't know who that is, but there's always somebody, somebody that you're like, Who is that guy? Or boy, I really don't know a lot about that guy. They all of a sudden become a star to help their team. And that's what your stars you count on. But it's those players, the ones you don't know as well, that are going to help you put it over the top with their play.
0: Yeah, and you've got that i think what baseball is more predicated on or as predicated on as any because we talk about this with really major league baseball in the nhl's postseasons. you can have one guy especially a right. pitcher or goalie right. get so hot and all of a sudden carry a team in a way that might surprise people it's such a large sport the sample sizes the streaks the math, all kind of messed up on that but dad the math is also in favor in the best possible ways the start to Major League Baseball's postseason is kind of like the start to March Madness in that you get to attack high stakes with volume. Like, we get so much baseball, starting with the wild card stuff, coming up here over the next few days. It's a ton of fun. It's a chance to maybe skip out on some work and make sure you're getting <laughs> in all the action humanly possible. Back after this here. It's Gojo and Golik on the DraftKings Network. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www1800 gamblernet In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369.
2: Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. We cannot escape Taylor Swift mania. Vikings quarterback Byron Murphy Jr. said Monday that he plans to engage in a little trash jock on Sunday with Travis Kelsey over his new alleged relationship with Taylor Swift. So he was like, oh man, the social media is going crazy. Is she going to come to the game? That would be cool for sure, not for him, because we're gonna try to get our hands on him in front of her. I'm going to say something to get him going. So now we're straight up trying to provoke Travis Kelsey. But guys, my favorite part of this whole quote is that he called it the social media.
0: Oh no! The
2: social media.
0: Oh no! Yeah, that's, oh, that's- and he's he's not old. He's young.
2: Oh. I mean,
0: that's a
1: that's a that's a Vince Vaughn and interned right uh, on the line. Yeah, on the media. line. The social media.
2: Calling yeah. it Chipotle's the way that people who are older do that yeah. as well. <laughs> people
0: put plural on Chipotle? Oh.
1: Oh, that's yeah. a whole
2: thing. Chipotle's oh, yeah. Chipotle yeah. going to
1: Chipotle. I'm happy to say I've never done that.
2: Thank you.
0: No, you haven't. You're you're more of a the internet or the Twitter. My my dad's biggest calling card is he calls emails texts or texts emails. Like to him, yeah. any form of communication is all just one thing. Yeah. It's no delineation between the two.
1: It really is just one thing, though. It's just communicating with words, right?
2: Right. I mean, my, am, am I wrong? My grandfather logs into Facebook and he thinks everything that he's seeing has been sent directly to him.
1: Oh, oh well, that, yeah.
2: That's a whole yeah, new wait, one.
1: Mike, wait till I write you a letter. I mean, that's no. going to be the... Biggest.
0: that's gonna be it's gonna be incredible at least you'll know how to use postage that the so peek behind the curtain here i one of this story this is a story that probably got told on mike and mike years <laughs> oh, yeah. ago oh yeah of when i was in college i went to try and send my mom a mother's day card one time from school i thought i'll be a great son i'll get a card cards have always kind of been my thing and i'll get it mailed out here and I realized that up until that point, I had not sent a lot of letters. So I'm like, all right, you know what? Good place to start the post office on campus. We'll go and get this done. I go to the post office and this is before forever stamps back when postage had that number that would change every year of how much it cost to send a letter. And so I walk into the post office and Notre Dame's post office has a huge wall of stamps where you go and put coins in and receive the stamps. And so I looked over there and I went. All right, they got all these different prices. These stamps cost one cent. Why am I going to waste money on stamps when these ones are one cent? I get these ones have pretty pictures on them, but my mom doesn't need a pretty picture. She's got a wonderful card in here. Next thing I know, I get a call from home. My mom's got to walk to the front door and pay to get her Mother's Day card. She's got to give them the money to offset postage because I put a one cent stamp on there. Postage didn't cost one cent at the time. Now, Jesse, you look horrified on that, but it seemed like it took you a second. You were in my camp where you didn't realize, oh, you had to pay for postage like that, right?
2: And 100%, I would have had no idea. I would have done the exact same thing. Like, uh, is-
0: You know, it's one of those things as a parent, I
1: guess we just assumed, but it's something we failed as a parent to, especially our oldest, Mike, when he had no idea what to put. I, when, when we opened the mailbox, Jesse, and saw a letter that said COD on it, that's cash on delivery, guys. Um, uh, for duty. those that don't know, I was and like we, Call of we, we, Duty. We 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 had, we had to pay. She had to pay for her own Mother's Day card because Mike put a one cent stamp on it. But that's but, just and,
2: being a mom, you know. Yeah,
1: but but running. I mean, I, I guess the point is, we thought it was odd, but Mike, with your age, you guys are the, basically the same. You guys are the same age. It's like it isn't so shocking that none of you really know that.
2: No idea. Favorite, no idea.
0: My favorite part is this had a reprisal the other week. Dad and I were back in South Bend moderating an event at Notre Dame the week of the Ohio State game. And on the panel, we had to interview two of the young women from the volleyball team at Notre Dame. And we were sitting beforehand talking about this. And my dad brings up this story. One of them mentioned having to mail something or getting something in the mail. And my dad thinks, oh, I'll tell them this relatable story and we can all laugh at my son. Both of the young women were sitting there with that blank smile and nod at my dad, like, we don't want to tell him. We have no idea. No idea. What he's they,
1: talking they were just and we I could tell they were just smi- they were just smiling and nodding to appease an old man that was smiling trying to tell an old time story. They smiling. had and we, then we fi- Mike said, You have no idea what he's talking about, too. And they were like, No, I'm like, Wow. Talk about me not knowing my audience there. I mean, holy smoke! We
2: don't know how the post office works. Like just period. We don't know how it works. We. I went in there once and I was trying to buy stamps just to, cause I was like, I needed some to send. I think I was sending letters to my family. Again, I'm out of college at this point. And they were like, oh, do you just want a roll of stamps? And I was like, sure. Like a roll of stamps, that sounds great. It was like $75 for a roll of stamps. I yeah. was so shocked and I was, in such shock i didn't protest i just paid i think i'm still using those stamps <laughs>
0: there's there's nothing worse than getting up to the checkout and realizing you've had way too much dip on your chip no matter what the setting is and just having to gut through it like i've seen that um that sneaker that shoe shopping show where guys will get up at the end and it's 10 grand for all the sneakers they picked out and they're kind of rich celebrities so they can't suffer the indignity and the right. embarrassment of going to put back shoes and so they just sheepishly stick their uh-huh. credit card in and pray to god it all works Jesse had that exchange. by the way the post office is one of those places the most valuable players are the people that work at the checkout at the post office if you've got someone who is kind helpful and accommodating at a place that's otherwise very intimidating it is an absolute godsend an absolute I, godsend.
1: I have to imagine they are just shake their head at the younger generation when they come in and get some of the questions that they get but you know that that's where we are you know what, what are you going to do I, I the story is not as funny Unless I tell it to a group of people my age, yeah, that's what I've learned. Yeah, Yeah, that's mm -hmm. what I've learned. A tough part. By
0: the way, since Jesse messaged it, put it on the poll. Do you know how the post office works? Yes. At Gojo and and Golik on Twitter. And
2: how old are you? (laughs) Yeah. And, (laughs) and, And
1: to Byron Murphy talking, you know, about I'm gonna get, we're gonna get our hands on him. Listen, they're gonna get his. Not like you're not gonna get your hands on Travis Kelsey anyway. Taylor Swift being there has nothing to do with how they're going to play against Travis Kelsey. Now, the smack talk could be interesting. The smack talk is always interesting. And as I've always said, the further away from the ball, the better the smack talk, which means DBs and wide receivers are usually the best smack talkers on the field. That will be the interesting part. But to think they're going to play him any different to show him up supposedly, in front of Taylor Swift. That's a joke. He's the best tight end in the game. You're going to try and play him tough anyway. But I will be interested if people do start to trash talk him or what they're
0: saying. And I'm sure that'll be a part of it. Like NFL players are ruthless in their scouting reports. Some of the best trash talkers in history will absolutely do that. And on the field, that's fine. Like As long as you don't cross a line and everyone right, knows where that right. line is when it comes to wives, girlfriends, family members, stuff like that. That's fine. I can tell you the thing that I can do without. Now we've reached the think piece portion of the Taylor Swift NFL crossover cycle, where now we've got some people puffing out their chests, talking about and criticizing the broadcast for leaning into this, the coverage of it, or Mike Tarico saying, welcome to Swifties off the top of the broadcast and leaning in. You know what you do when you're a good host? you welcome in a new guest. You might be a little bit deferential to him for first. And God forbid the NFL doesn't for five seconds cater to his core fan base and instead says, huh, wait, there's some new people watching here. Joe Pampliano tweeted out, Big numbers for the Chiefs-Jets game. 27 million average viewers. Teen girl viewership up 53%. The most watched Sunday since the Super Bowl. You've got more eyes on and a chance to make a new group of people feel welcome around football. Yep. God forbid. God forbid more people want to watch the sport and get involved with it here. As good hosts, we should want the most possible people to enjoy the sport. People say football's family. Football's for everybody all the time. We've got a chance to live it here. We got I don't know how long these new fans are going to stay, but let's make their time. I'm enjoyable. Maybe they will spend more time with it. Maybe they'll have a good time with it. God forbid a group of women and especially young women have fun and enjoy getting to be around football for a different reason that doesn't line up with your reasons. Couldn't agree
1: ridiculous. more. I mean, couldn't agree more. I mean, that that that's, again, people that just want their basic, their football, their football. Give it a rest. I mean, come on. Well, welcome in the new. I thought Tariko really played into it Preston. well. I mean, he, I, I think, I think dude to Swifty is what he is. Um, so I, I, I have no problem with it. I mean, you got her, Blake Lively, Ryan, Run. you got stars coming to these games. Now it's not the first time stars have ever come to games, sure. but now dating the, with the best tight end, one of the best players in all of football, I think it's great. And to your point, bringing in a whole new fan base, man, wrap your arms around
0: it while you can. Yeah. We don't need gatekeepers in the sport. No. We don't need enemies of fun. If it's not your thing, that's fine. I understand it. It's not going to be at this height, this long, forever. But it's a fun thing that people can enjoy right now for a different reason. You still got plenty of the game going on the field. I promise it's going to be okay. But coming up next, Tonight will be the night that you will fall for Jimmy over again. Don't let me change my mind. Please come All right, welcome back to Gojo and Golik, Michael Jr., Michael Golik Sr., Jesse Cofield. Time to finish off the show the way we always do. This, that, the third. Three quick stories to send you off on into the day. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review. I mean it. Do it. Leave us that five-star rating. Check us out on DraftKings YouTube, DraftKingsNetwork.com, Samsung TV+, Plus, and a host of other places, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. And at Gojo and Golik on Twitter is where you can follow us for all sorts of great updates. Dad, Jesse, let's start off with this. We came into today talking a lot about Monday Night Football and what went on with the Seahawks sacking Daniel Jones and the New York Giants 11 times in this game. Apparently, someone else noticed. Eric Armstead of the San Francisco 49ers tweeted during that game, Daniel Jones, I'm so disappointed in you. Why would you throw the ball so quick versus us and let these people have a career day? Why weren't we deserving as uh, dad, Eric Armstrong jealously looking along inside his division at the 49ers or that Seahawks team that got to eat while the 49ers did not. <laughs> Man. I, yeah. That, that's
1: you, 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 you live the dream, you know, when you're getting to the quarterback that much on the, as a D lineman of just taking off and getting after the quarterback. So a little bit of jealousy on his part to how much Seattle got to eat in this one, uh, and that those days come along every now and then. As I said, you play long enough, sometimes you eat the bear, sometimes a bear eats you, and this was one of those where Daniel Jones was getting knocked around every which way, and every D lineman in the league was jealous of what Seattle was able to do in this game. Savage should tweet about was,
2: it, though. Savage should tweet oh yeah. about
0: it. Absolutely savage move. But he's jealous. Like, Dad, you said you got to live this. You were the team that sacked <laughs> yeah. Troy Aikman in that game 11 times. What is the conversation like on the sideline right now? Are you guys just absolutely gassing anyone who hasn't managed to get a sack at that point in the game?
1: Yeah, and I was happy to not be gassed because usually that's me. You know, Golik, are you ever going to get near the quarterback? As So if people – again, we had 11 sacks 1991 the first time we played Dallas – uh, that year, Clyde Simmons led the way with four and a half sacks. I had two and a half of my 11 and a half career sacks in that one game. Yeah, that's just one everybody wants to get a piece, right? It, it's, it's just, it's kind of caving in on the Cowboys. Everybody's getting their shot. We were winning straight battles. We were running games. We were blitzing. We were doing everything. And it's one of those, yeah, by the next day in the film, you if you're on the D line, you better have at least one. You better have gotten into the action of it, a, because you get money for it back then. Big plays, you got a hundred dollars, uh, and b, it was just to to be part of that group that someone was going to get involved and you were going to get some hits on the quarterback.
0: I wonder if they still do pots like that now, considering guys are making like seven figure salaries. I mean, you were making what sixty two grand well, at that point or in that know, range. Well, no, I mean
1: at that point, at that point in Philly, I was finally making maybe two three hundred thousand dollars. In that area there. And obviously Reggie and those guys were making a lot more than I was making, but nothing compared to today. You know, it doesn't matter, Mike. You could be making millions. It's all about being in that film room and getting called up and handed $100 Mm because you made a big play. The $100 is almost inconsequential at that point to some of the players. It's just the fact of did you get a big play and how many did you get? You know, did you get four, a sack? You know, Clyde had four and a half sacks. If you force a fumble, you get money. A big hit, you get money. So how many times do you get to go up there and collect a 100 bucks?
0: Yeah, and especially when you've got that long plane ride going back for Seattle in this case, going back from New York all the way to the West Coast, I'd have to imagine there was money coming out on that plane ride there and a good bit of fun had on the ride home for those guys. So uh, congratulations to them. I'm sure uh, Eric Armstead and the 49ers will enjoy some success. I have a feeling over the course of this season, things might go their way for that plucky underdog team. (sighs) Jesse, let's get to that. Jimmy Butler wins the internet for all of yesterday as media days in the NBA get going. But nobody does it like Jimmy buckets.
2: Yes, yeah, seriously, nobody does media day like Jimmy Butler. He debuted a new—it's not just a new hairstyle; it's a new look. Check this out—you just have to see it for yourself.
1: Like, like the whole lip ring is what I'm doing love, Look, look, I got stand. I can't You <laughs> get haircut. To-
2: He said, this is my Halloween and the attention to detail is unmatched. I don't know if you guys can see it, but he his fingernails are painted black.
0: Uh, so he went the black fingernail paint he got the perm done up, so he had it swooshed over the front, and he said, I'm emo Jimmy right now. He played the full character in this one, Daddy had the lip rings. I don't know if those are real. I don't know if those were just the ones that you put over those the are top there. Those but are he went ins. all the way in. Oh, thank God they're clippings. Oh, say, they were? Piercing has to yeah, hurt those like are crazy. They were because
1: I can't imagine a lip because he had a lip and eyebrow. I, I, I looked at that before even I saw the hair and thought, oh, my God. That would have to hurt. So, I, I, you know for sure, Jesse, they were
2: clip-ins? I mean, listen, as someone who, you know, was a middle school girl at one point, I can tell you they're clip-ins. Do I I I have this on fact? No, but...
0: so And that's a good point, Dad. Me and Jesse came up when emo music was at its height in middle school. And that's exactly what he channeled here, the way he talked, the way he spoke. And you even saw the commitment to the bit around his teammates right there. He was not breaking character for anybody, Dad.
1: Uh, listen, I I didn't get it. So I mean, this is <laughs> this is one of those that you guys are gonna have to explain to me the whole emu just thing. Just Google. I,
2: I, you, I like how you just said emu thing. That's an animal. This is emo. Emo.
1: I'm sorry. Emu is an animal. You're right. Okay. It's
2: emo. <laughs> it's, just Google Fallout Boy aesthetic. It will it will go a long way with helping you. Yeah, Google Dad. F- like Fallout Boy. A- Aesthetic. Uh, yeah. Dad, yeah.
0: while you Google that and get up to speed on there, I'll read some of my favorite emo basketball combinations out there. Shout out to the Goat Jasmine Watkins Ball Out Boy, uh, the <laughs> band name there. I went backboard confessional. Uh, we got Dan Arestia with taking a charge Sunday. Wes Blankenship panic at the free throw. Um, Art Vandele says tonight will be the night that I will ball for you. Kurt filthy curse says my technical romance, uh, AJ Taylor for three days, grace, Christopher Smith, the all American rebounds. It was a tour de force of old emo band names getting thrown out on the internet yesterday. It was phenomenal.
1: Lost completely, completely. This one. I mean, just, I will admit just completely over my head on it. Didn't know, didn't know about it. Didn't know about the genre of music. No idea. I'm, I'm here to admit it. listen, I, I don't know everything, that's for sure. Have no idea what this was.
0: You know what? And you know what? It's a good reminder, like we talked about with the Taylor Swift stuff before, not everything is for everyone. Sometimes it's okay to just throw your hands up and say, Hey, this is uh not for me, not something I need, but I love that for the rest of you guys. And for those of us around the age of 34, yesterday was God tier day on the internet. I love Jimmy Butler. He did the extensions and the braids last year, dad. Right, right. Going into this. He enjoys the hell out of media day. James Harden doesn't like going to media day, right, likes causing right. a stir with his team. Jimmy Butler, whose team is swirling at the center of all of this controversy, all the talk about the trade between the Portland Trailblazers and the Bucks, and he decides he's just going to have a great hair day showing up for everything there. Dad, let's finish off with the third on media day. All right. Kawhi Leonard, NBA superstar and a very hard guy to get to know or feel like we get to know the subject of a lot of meme culture the one time Kawhi leonard decided to go and laugh and have a good time in front of everybody we turned his laugh into a soundbite everybody (laughs) in sports media made fun of it and we said Kawhi leonard was never going to laugh or smile again and it's right dad take a look at this video of Kawhi leonard from media day yesterday where the photographers are asking him begging him imploring him to smile and this is about all they can get He just can't really know no. joy dad he gets he gets as close to like the rye smirk emoji jesse as anybody was going to be able to get there but unfortunately this is just not who Kawhi leonard is we know at this point and so i actually think anyone who is trying to get him to express joy in public is actually being mean and needs to be reprimanded because that's just not what Kawhi does
2: yeah it was like it's oil and water Try to get Kawhi to smile. Like it looked so unnatural. Can you imagine what those? We also remember we had to do two hours of photos for for media for yes. this show, and yeah, it's just oh yeah. it's painful. And he's yeah. standing, and they're like, "Can we can we get a smile?" And it was just like,
1: it, it's painful if you don't mind smiling. Let alone if you if you don't want to smile. And he certainly wasn't smiling. Real quick about the load management rule the NBA might put in place now. Uh, to, to find players and organizations. He's like, I was hurt when I missed that time. Don't think your silly rule is going to make me play anymore. He he seemed downright ticked
0: off about that. He did. And, you know, and understand, that's a touchy issue for Kawhi Leonard. That yeah. makes sense. It's very personal. What I want to know is, to Jesse's point, photo shoots are a difficult place to smile. What's his Bill Belichick lacrosse? Like, what's the thing that when you ah. bring it up to Kawhi Leonard makes him light up the entire room? At GoJo and Golik on Twitter. If you have any idea what it is, Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review. If we made you smile today, thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow.